This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinza. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Decibel Geek Podcast. And no, I'm not Aaron Camaro. I'm Chris Senzak. Aaron Camaro is resting his golden throat this weekend because he uh, texted me this morning and stated that he uh, woke up with a horribly sore throat and he can't speak at all. And uh, we actually had a uh, couple of things we were scheduled to record today, and um, we've had to put those off so he could rest his voice. And uh, I didn't want to sit here and talk to myself this week uh, before I intro this great interview that we did. So I decided to, uh, what was that old 70s song, Family Affair? I decided to have the family involved. So my wife, Michelle, yes, folks, the one that I refer to that rolls her eyes most of the time while we're recording, is on the other microphone this week. So welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. This is Michelle. How are you all? Are you nervous to be on the mic? I don't know why I just asked them how they're doing. They're not going to They're not going to answer back. They download and they listen later. It's not a live show or anything. I'm used to talking on the phone. We don't take phone calls either. Dial 1-800. No, you sure it's, ac- it's actually <laughs> and kick those nasty thoughts. <laughs> it's uh actually 540-DB-GEEK-1. If you do want to make a phone call, hardly anyone ever calls us, but uh, please do that. Um, but no, I, I just I didn't want to talk to myself, so I thought I'd fill up a little bit of time. And this isn't a normal hour-long interview that we usually have because um, Chuck Garrick is who we're talking to today, and um, he had to get ready for the tour that actually just started. As you'll hear in the interview, uh, they're overseas in Europe right now, and he uh, was he had to get finish packing for his plane and head out to Prague for two days of rehearsal. So yeah, um, all my wife ever hears about this is kind of a little behind the curtain thing. So. She'll hear Aaron and I kind of going back and forth, and uh, the actual studio, quote-unquote, is really a room that my wife has to walk through to either do dishes, make a meal, or uh, move laundry from one room to the other. So I call it the office. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, it's the office, basically. And it's... Um, but uh, I have the best family in the world that allows me to do this nonsense week to week for you guys to listen to. And my daughter, Hannah, is also here, so we're going to fill up a couple of seconds with Hannah. How are you, Hannah? Good. She's actually not afraid to be on the mic, because if you listen to the bonus track from a few weeks ago, you would have heard her talking about her favorite Slayer songs and Judas Priest songs and stuff like that. But yeah, so basically the uh, the interview subject this week is uh, it's a conversation that Aaron and I got to have with Chuck Garrick. And um, Chuck has a lot going on aside from Alice Cooper. Uh, he's got a really cool band called uh, Bisto Blanco. And most of the songs that you hear going in and out of the breaks are those songs with him singing and actually playing guitar on those. And uh, it's a really good CD. If you want to pick it up, go to livefastdieloud.com, and you can pick that up. We uh, encourage you to buy the CD. Um, before I get into the interview, got to do the Geeks of the Week. So let me take a deep breath and uh, read out all these names. On Twitter, ViperRBNY, HDC7904, JTB72G, Nashville NashvilleMetalBand, SidharthMinon, LoveGun21, HDC7904, Music Mags and Wax, Global Mutation, Paul Korn, who actually got a Decibel Geek shirt in the mail and took a photo of himself with a horse head on. So thank you, Paul. I don't know what that means, but it's really cool. He's into the Godfather. I guess. Um, Beyond Our Bedroom uh, retweeted it. Derek Novak, Carrie O'Gorman, Audio Junkies, Billy Hell Hardaway, Jeff Ludban, Hard Rock Dad, Matt Severson, and Sarah Pintia. On Facebook, we have Matt Ashcraft, Joe Lascon, Chris Karam, Shane Hartley, Todd Cunningham, Robert DePasqua, Lee Maslin, Brent Walder, Steve Langenbrunner, I think I got that right, Matt Severson, Andrew Jacobs, Derek Novak, Miguel Nunez, Rodney Dixon, JTB's Groovy Record Room, Sit and Spin with Joe, cool name, 
Scott Yeager, Andy LaFon, Kiss Army Omaha, and jo- George Savastano. And while we're on George Savastano, George let me know that I missed um, reading his name off a couple of weeks in a row. And, folks, there's no certain scientific method I go by to find out who shared and retweeted this. Um, so sometimes I'm missing some of these, and I'm doing everything I can to figure it out. The best way I know to guarantee you'll, your name will get read is to take is, is on Facebook or Twitter, share or retweet the actual link that we post. Retweet our post on Twitter or Facebook, and I guarantee I will see it. Because if you just copy the link and then put that on your Facebook or Twitter, sometimes I may not get a chance to see that. So I'm doing the best I can. It's, it's a work in progress. All of you who shared and retweeted, thank you. You guys are advertising. You are the people that spread the word and get more listeners to the show. While we're on that, if you're going to do any shopping on Amazon, doesn't have to be music related. You can do anything if you can buy just about anything on Amazon. And um, if you do that, just go to decibelgeek.com and click that Amazon banner. And then once you go click through there, you do your shopping as normal, and we get a kickback of a few pennies on the dollar for everything you buy. And it's just a good way of helping support the show. And you don't have to spend any extra money if you're not an Amazon person. Go to the donate button on decibelgeek.com and just tip your DJs and uh, you know show your support that way. No pressure or anything. We like putting out the show every week, but we do have expenses, and uh, we do have groceries to buy, do we not, Michelle? Yes. Yes, lots of groceries. Yeah, so... Hours um, planning groceries. She's movies. happy when I read out these these uh, at calls for uh, support every week, I'm sure. So, um, I've rambled enough with my wife. Do you have anything to say before we get into the interview? No. I'm shaking my head, folks. I've never talked on a microphone before. You never could tell. But thanks for doing it for us. And uh, Aaron will be back uh, next week. I'll be back to do a quick uh, outro, but uh, Aaron will definitely be back next week. Here's our talk with Chuck Garrick. Check it out. bunch of festivals yeah the sweetest rock festival yeah one of our writers rich from canada is going to be in sweden oh yeah yeah he was like i'm going to see him i said tell him i said hi if you see him that's a cool festival man i mean i've been doing that festival since uh probably 2000 the first time i did it was with dio and alice opened dio headline and then we uh and I've done it now twice with Coop. Oh, yeah. So this will be the third time. I watched, I think I watched you guys play that festival on YouTube. This is a hell of a crowd. It's, it's great, crowd. man. It's yeah. Like people as far as you can see. Yeah, yeah. It's also like Wacken Festival. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's one in Germany, which is like 80,000 kids. Right. Man. And they really get into it. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool, man. What is it about the Europeans that make them grab on to good music better than Americans do I don't think it's like grabbing on to good music because I think everybody has a taste of what's good or what isn't I think it's just their dedication to to the style of music that they like I mean uh, they show their appreciation a lot different I mean you know they always have for US music or just in general just to their, their, their the metal that comes out of Germany or Norway or any of that stuff I mean they they just really have a uh, a dedication to the music and they're not afraid to just go and have a good time I don't know man I just think here in the States it's just too easy to be critical and, you know and yeah. judgy and and um, and then you know it's hard to get good shows and uh, but I mean you know I don't I mean I know there's a difference in the crowd but I, I do think that the 
the love for music is is still here. I just think it's just a little bit more flooded, right? With so many different artists and, and uh, shows going on. Uh, I don't know, man. Maybe especially, we're just uh, yeah, especially Nashville in particular. Yeah, there's so much competition see, for your dollar here. Yeah, but see, I've had more fun in Nashville than I've had in any other place yeah. because it's such a. You think country music, and, which it is, it's country, it's blues, it's everything, Every. but it's rock and roll, man. Oh, yeah. Everybody wants to rock here. Yeah, and I mean. You know, I actually, one of the reasons why I fell in love with Nashville so much because I just kind of started to do these rock gigs, you know, at uh, Music Square over there on Dan, Dan McGinnis, and it's just yeah. packed with people that you wouldn't necessarily knew existed here right. that just want rock music. So I know rock and roll is still alive in, right. in the States, man, but, you know, um, it's, just a, it's just a different... Just a different culture over there, and I mean that's why bands thrive over in Europe, but uh, you know, in, in Japan as well. I just think, uh, you know. Well, I I saw you guys at the Dan McGinnis shows, and for those we have listeners from all over the place, but for those that don't know it, you got it's basically a group of musicians that are yeah. working musicians that, when they're off time, get together and yeah. just jam out on songs that they love. Yeah, man, it's fun, man. It's just we wing it, we throw a set list together a couple of days beforehand, and. Just woodshed and go there and see what happens. And we're doing stuff from, you know, sensational Alex Harvey to Head East to Motorhead, yeah. Deep Purple, Rainbow, uh, Runaways. Right. I mean, just all the stuff we kind of think is cool. You I know? particularly enjoy the uh, uh, working man rendition. Yeah, it was great. The whole jam. Right. And I was watching it, and I even posted a picture of you guys on Facebook, and I was just like. What other city are you going to find this in where all these guys just get together yeah, on a patio stage and just play? Are you kidding me? You know? <laughs> Peter Baltz is from Accept gets up and jams balls to the walls. I mean, yeah, nobody's... That's awesome. I mean, it was it was real special, man. And, and, uh, I was glad to be part of that thing. You know, yeah. When you saw the video, you would just assume that it was L.A. or something. You yeah. wouldn't automatically think, oh, that must be Nashville. It's really... It's, you know, <laughs> Dude, this, stereotype has really changed over the last few years. I mean, this is Music City for a reason, man. Right. I mean, you know... It, you're not going to be able to pull something over that isn't genuine and isn't good. And uh, here people know better. Um, and uh, to get that sort of appreciation from the fans around here, just yeah. the, the music goers, if you will, then they're, and they're coming and they're flooding into place. And I think it's, you know, it shows, you know, the hard work we put into it. One thing I liked about it was I was watching you guys play. It was you and Jeremy Asbrock and uh, Philip Schausen. And, yeah. And you guys... I, when I'm watching it, it's almost like I'm watching a group of teenagers in a basement playing, yeah. jamming out in high school. Yeah. Because I could see you guys are genuinely having a great time. Well, I mean, that's what music really is about. Fans. I mean, it's, you know, it's still, I think it's the one thing that does keep me young. It's the reason why I can, you know, still make stupid decisions and get away with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's, I'm still that kid. In, in high school and playing music when I when I get a chance to play music especially right. going and playing the, some of the music I grew up on right. or you know again playing some of the Dio songs or the Black Sabbath songs I played when I was with Dio and uh, it was for me man it was just a it was a, it was a necessity man I needed when I first came here and when they offered it to me it, 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 I, as far as I'm concerned it made me fall in love with music again in a different way you know because right. I haven't had to do that in a while you know yeah. it was killer yeah. does it kind of take you back to when you were a kid and you were first well, starting out yeah I think so man it just I mean like I said they were bringing up songs that I knew and I listened to a million times maybe learned 
when I was a younger kid, and then uh, now I, ha I hadn't played them in years. Like they, they wanted to do over the mountain war picks, and right. I'm like, oh my god, I haven't played those songs in years. <laughs> and so I knew them. I just had to kind of put the notes in place, you know. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of cool, you know. Uh, they did. Oh, it was, a, it was the Trooper. They wanted to do the Trooper Sweet. one night. <laughs> And I was, I just got up, I played it, I knew the whole thing, man. I learned it when I was a kid, you know. Right. I just had to figure out where the, where the notes were in the solo yeah. and remind myself of what it was. And uh, thank you, bro. It just took a couple minutes, and I, you know, so it was cool. But yeah, it definitely does take you back. I think, you know, that's the joy of, you know, being a musician and picking it up at a young age, and then still being able to do it at, at you know, my old age. And, making a living at it but you know still revisiting songs that were you know that you know kind of changed me as a, as a kid and the concerts I used to go to and, uh, and, and to still be playing those songs and still see the fans getting into it it's, it's amazing yeah yeah speaking of being young where, where did you grow up I grew up in Lake Tahoe California and, and small small little you know mountain town yeah nice yeah and what was it like when you first what, what like, because you're a musician, you've been a musician for a long time, you've yeah. done all these amazing things, working yeah. with all these amazing artists. What was the beginning for you? What really hooked you into this, to music, to pick up an instrument? Yeah, man, I just always loved music as a kid, man. I mean, I used to, you know, my dad was a uh, was a banjo player, and uh, he, he, you know, he was always playing, you know, whatever kind of country bluegrass around the house, and, and I loved it. And I used to just put on his Glenn Campbell records, or you know, Bill Monroe, and, and just kind of dance around and whatever, you know, play my acoustic guitar, I didn't know what I was doing, but I always loved music as a kid, and uh, I remember picking up a trumpet in elementary school as your instrument, you know, I, I don't know why, man, I just, I never really thought about guitar or drums or bass at that time yet, I, I just, for some reason, wanted to play the trumpet, and I loved it, and I had a great time, but uh, I remember uh, my, my brother coming home with uh, Ted Nugent, Free for all and a box of you know eight tracks of the Stones and the Beatles and Queen and yeah. just all this killer stuff and I'm like whoa and he started listening to that and I started getting turned on to rock and roll around you know probably 12 13 years old right. like really into it and then I then I discovered ACDC and and Sabbath and and uh, the Who and uh, you know all this great music just started to come that I really started to, re, you know, like, kind of connect with, like, every, all of us do, you know? Sure. It meant something to Kiss, obviously, and, you know, bands like that, so uh, I had a couple of friends down the street that could play, the two brothers, one played drums, the other played guitar, they were both really, really good for being so young, especially the guitar player, I mean, at 16 years old, the guy was playing, you know, Zeppelin like there was no tomorrow, and uh, so we wanted to form a band, and they needed a bass player, so I bought a bass and just learned to play and and uh, you know it was one of those things we, as soon as we could play like three or four songs we were playing Backyard Kagers and right. you know and yeah. just having fun and it just started to grow from there and, and you know it wasn't necessarily uh, a thing I thought about like oh I'm going to go make a living and yeah. play for Alice Cooper or I'm going to do this or do that I just knew like this is really the only thing I'm good at I wasn't school was never my forte you know or, yeah, so I knew music was uh, a place that I had to figure out a way to make it still a big part of my life. Right, right. So, yeah. 
Well, obviously, it's obvious Free-For-All is a big influence on you with the uh, Visto Blanco album cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's awesome. Quite I think, an homage to, to Yeah, Jimmy. man. Ted's a big influence yeah. on me in general. I mean, it was one of my first concerts, him, him and Humble Pie. And, oh, and uh, yeah, it was amazing. Wow. I just always loved Ted's kind of animalistic, you know, no bullshit type of rock and right. roll. You could tell that guy's <clears throat> schooled and, and uh, has an appreciation for rock and roll you know with the Chuck Berry style and Little Richard and, and those guys where it really came from and, um, you know raised in Detroit and, yeah. and, and just being around that type of musicianship I've talked to Ted about that and I know it, it, it really shaped him you know growing up in Lake Tahoe I didn't really have any place I could go to like learn to play I mean right. it was just a bunch of fucking Grateful Dead bands and shit you know what I mean and I didn't relate to that stuff you know so I, I kind of just had to find my inspiration through through the radio, stay up late at night, wait for stuff to come on the radio that I wanted to hear, or just go hang out at the local right. you know music store. But you know guys like Ted and and Alice and these guys where they where they are able to really watch some of the some of the guys that were really good masters at their instrument and, and learn from them was amazing. So you know in a way Ted Ted was kind of like my teacher in a sense of you know especially back in those days of. Uh, you know, just how rock and roll was. I loved his live shows, his energy, his, his, he believed in everything he did, man. And that really kind of that inspired yeah. me a lot, man. Well, you know, and I think one of the, one of the drawbacks with, with Ted today is everything he talks about is so non-musically related. And it's yeah. like, it, it, it overshadows such an immense amount of talent. And talk about, you know, guitar tone for days, especially on those, those albums from the 70s. I mean, the guy's a monster player. And yeah. you know what? I mean, as we get older, I think we get more comfortable in our situation. Sometimes it's, it may be easy for some artists to forget a little bit of how they got there. Yeah. But it's also the, the audience that you start, you know, drawing maybe don't really know that older side of Ted. I mean, who, who, you know, it, it, it's, it's hard to say, but when you get them in the backstage and you're able to just have a conversation with them, you know, it, it, it's about music. You know, we sat there and we talked about, you know, playing guitar in, in Detroit and, and, you know, influences and all this stuff. I mean, we didn't sit there and talk about politics and, you know. Yeah, I just, it just seems like whenever a microphone's put in front of his face, he goes right to that. You know, Although a lot of the interviewers bring that out of him. Yeah, exactly. Because they're going to get that sound they're bite. They're going to want that uh, from uh, him, man. Yeah. I mean, you, I can tell you right now, yeah, is he a political guy? Is he Does he believe right. in what he stands for? Absolutely. And God bless him, man. We need more red-blooded Americans out there that... You know, believe what they're doing. I love it. Uh, there's that part about me I love. Do I necessarily want to go there and hear about you know the Republican Party or the Democratic Party or all stuff? Fuck no. I don't want to hear that shit, man. I don't want to be. I want to be taken away yeah, rock and with music and rock and roll. I want to be entertained by your guitar playing and by your songs. And I want to be taken back to the time when you know he influenced me. So when that stuff's going on, I just block it out and right. I just I just wait for Stranglehold or or Free for All and right. just. You know, so, like you said, you know, he's so passionate about that stuff and he believes in it being a red blooded American, like you say, and, and you believe in all that, yeah. you know. And those interviewers, you know, they're going to poke him, they're going to prod him. They know how to get it out of him. We're going to get Ted to say something crazy. And he's you know? not going to turn down that opportunity. No, he's not. You know, and, and it's like, again, it's, it's it, it, a lot of that stuff means just as much to him as, as the music right. does to us. Right. So you got to, gotta, you know, you got to give the guy, you know, credit for, for believing it and, and yeah. not, you know, not, you know, drifting back and forth he he stays on one side and right. <laughs> uh, you know 
that's the only bummer sometimes I think with musicians is you get uh, you get uh, caught up in one thing and politics and it's, it's a sensitive subject of religion yeah. and um, you know well and you, know, you got to stick towards just your music man I mean that's that's how you got there as far as you know I'm concerned yeah um, if I you know if I want you know views of politics or, or something else I'll, I'll go to a different forum for that when right. I want to go to a concert I want to go see and listen to me. The only politics I want to hear is when Alice sings elected. Yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> Sebastian Bach. If you want to listen to pop fucking metal and shit, go buy the Nelson's record, you know. I, I want nothing to do with that shit. When I go through oh. Putting the O back in rock. It's just like a... Oh. 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 A hot night. Oh. Yes. 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 Listening to the Decibel Geek Podcast. Yes! Oh. Oh, yeah, so let's get back to Alice. So did you grow up on Alice Cooper? Were you a big fan? Uh, not really. Really? It's funny. I was. I I, I discovered Alice kind of later on in life. I, I remember my buddy down the street of me. He had schools out, and, and I, I remember listening to the record, and it was, wow, this is this is pretty cool. Um, for some reason, it, it, it still kind of passed me by. I mean, I listened to it, but I wasn't into it uh, as much as I felt like, um, I don't know, for some reason, I was just really into bands right. at that time. And, More and, than uh, yeah, and uh, there really wasn't an association back then with the, uh, when I first discovered Alice, I think, you know, the original guys had already been out of the band. Yeah. So I just didn't really grasp onto it although I, I, I did like it right. um, it wasn't until later on in, in, in life when I you know started to branch out and, and visit some of those older records that I started to have more of an appreciation yeah. for which I think that that's the cool thing about music as far as I'm concerned is maybe there is stuff that does pass you by like I'll, I'll run into these fans that you know they've, they've been fans their whole life and, and, and they're say they're in their 50s or 60s and they they've been listening to Coop since the first record came out and uh, and I didn't, right. you know, I didn't discover some of those records until, like I said, later. But that's that's the cool thing about music is it's still out there, and, I, and to this day, I'll still go and buy a record that I know about the artist, right. like Bonnie Raitt, for instance. I'm, I'm I just kind of got turned on again to her music, you know, and and uh, I figured like, oh shit, you know, I know she's been around for years, but now it's starting to mean more to me. Yeah. You know, so Alice just kind of came, I think, in a more important part of my life when I could actually appreciate it a little bit more. I'm the same way. Yeah, yeah. We're, we've gone through the same thing, I think, too, where, you know, we've always, I know I can speak for myself to say that I've always liked Alice Cooper, but yeah. I never really dug into some of those older yeah. albums. But then, you know, meeting Dick Wagner yeah. really turned us on, like, the Dada album, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'd have ever gone out on my own and got the Dada album. Exactly. But since we talked to Dick Wagner, and like you say, you can get an album from 1982, and if you've never heard it, before it's still a new album you know right. to you 
so you hear it for the first time and it's like this is amazing you know so it, no, that was a treat I told see that's the beautiful thing about especially Alice Cooper man is there's, there's so much to go back and listen to and, a variety. and there's there's yeah. records I, I like you said like Dada you know uh, Zipper Catch Skin and all these that, that I didn't even know existed right um, Most people didn't because right. yeah, you know, it was a weird time. Yeah, and uh, and now I go back and I I listen to those records and I and I love it and and uh, again, man, I mean that's just part. The beautiful thing about music, like we talked about, man, is that it's it's for it's forever growing and forever changing and and um, it's all there for us to just keep you know uh, getting inspired by and listening to and and you know and as we grow up and it's, things happen in our life, different artists. Start, you know, meaning a little bit more. Right. Of this, so. I uh, I asked a few diehard Alice Cooper fans I know, you know, told them we were going to sit down with you, and they said, "Is there anything you want to know in particular from Chuck?" And um, one guy asked, like, "What is your your role as his, as Alice's musical director?" <laughs> you know, Alice kind of put me in charge of of that. Uh, there has been so many changes with drummers and guitar players. And the one thing that's remained the same for the last 12 years is his bass player. Yeah. You know, and uh, and so Alice just kind of felt like, hey, you know, you've got a pretty good idea of what it's oh, supposed works. to sound like. Right. How, what versions these guys are playing, what what sh- it should sound like. And and, uh, and and I would I was very grateful that he, you know, that he kind of had that trust in me. Yeah. Because there were so many guys coming and going and... and um, Anytime there is some some changes, so basically my role it, it, it's it's not really so much as like like a musical director saying you you have to play it this way, or you have to play it this way, or you're not playing that right. It's it's more of like directing the guys towards the right versions of the songs, trusting their instincts, obviously, and their musicianship. Because we've never really had anybody in the band that didn't know what they were doing. Sure. It's like everybody has different strengths. One guy may be able to sing backgrounds really well. Uh, another guy's a really great lead player. This guy's a great rhythm player. Or, you know, they're both they're combined. They can play rhythms and leads. This guy's a great, you know, drummer. I mean, every musician that I've played with in Alice Cooper has had really unique, special talents, man, that, it, that you know, are, are necessary to to survive in this world. Yeah. I suppose you don't get that gig if you ain't no good. Exactly, yeah. man. And so my thing is just always like, hey, let's just learn from this. Everybody's learning from the correct source. And when we go in to rehearse, man, just making sure that it's it's played classically correct. Right. And when you're playing with a classic rock artist, it's there's really so much about just tone and, and vibe and just kind of laying back. And even, even having a little bit of that sloppy 70s style of rock guitar right. that, that that helps so it's more of just making sure we're all all the band guys are in the right direction and we're all kind of going together and, and become unified as, as brothers and uh, and all you know all kind of fighting for the same cause and the same cause is to make sure that we're playing the songs correctly is you uh, coordinate yeah man we yeah. just we just make sure everybody's doing their part and yeah. if, if somebody stops and we're all supposed to stop then one person keeps going, then right. we'll fix it. You know, it's yeah. just one of those things, man. Since we did this Dada thing with Dick Wagner right. a few weeks ago, I've heard from so many Alice Cooper fans about that album. They're like really passionate about that album. Is he ever going to break the streak and play one of those songs live, or does he just out and out not want to do it? What songs are on that record? Well, the one I'd Pass like to gun around. Pass the gun around. Yeah. Scarlet and Sheba. Yeah, Scarlet and Sheba would be great live. No Man's Land. I Love America. <laughs> 
I Love America was on the set list. Yeah? When I first got in a band. Really? Yeah. Uh, you guys were playing that live? No, we rehearsed it. Oh. I know. You know, that's the band. I'd love to see I mean, play one of those songs Wouldn't you love to be in that situation where you just have so much material that you just don't have enough time to play it? Right. That's a, yeah, that's the, a good the, problem. To yeah. Have. The, he's a, you know, he's, he's to have so many songs that you have to play that by the time you get to putting the set together, you've done, okay, we have to do these. Yeah. And then, oh, we're going to do these. And, and I mean, look, man, we've, we've touched... We've done songs like uh, Clones and, and Looney Tunes, My Stars, mm-hmm. uh, You Drive Me Nervous, all these kind of tunes that are uh, serious. That, you know, when we, sometimes certain songs sound amazing on a record. When you go to play them live, they don't necessarily have the impact right. when you put them in a set. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's kind of hard to explain, but there are certain songs that just fit and certain songs that don't. Otherwise, sometimes you have to change more than just one song. It's hard to just throw in a My Stars or, you know, one of those tunes that in the middle of nowhere, because unfortunately, not a lot of people are as versed with some of the obscure Alice songs right. as say you you guys are yeah. or even you know some of our, our fans that are there where we could play any song after any you know existing Alice Cooper record they're going to know it but a majority of the fans they're not going to know it there's one fan out there going yeah. holy shit and everyone else is like, like what yeah, the hell is this yeah, yeah. John, I mean, this one's for you exactly <laughs> so I mean you know and you got to put that in perspective because it is a concert it is a show and it is entertainment. And yeah. As much as we always try to, to to keep Alice, you know, thinking of, don't forget about these songs. Right. Uh, and we, we get them in there every once in a while. Uh, they, there has to be a reason for those songs. And, uh, you know, songs I've been wanting to play for years is Unfinished Sweet, which is one of my favorite oh, yeah. tunes. Um, but we've, you know, only got past the rehearsal stage of it, you know. But it has been rehearsed. Oh, yeah. yeah we've done so much, dude. I mean, there was a time. When I first got in the band, we did Bare Bones. I mean, it was, it, he was bringing out every. I've got a friend that wants yeah. to hear I Better Be Good. Yeah, there you go. I, I, what's a, there's uh, Grim Facts, I think is great. Yeah. I mean, there's just, listen, man, there's, you guys got great, great songs, and we could do, uh, uh we could add them. I, I actually think it would be better if we just did a, a, a set where it was just the obscure stuff and then we just ended with School's Out or something. Right. You know, but just did all that stuff or that you, you would expect. Or you could do like uh, Kiss and do an Alice Cooper cruise instead of Die Hard and just play nothing but obscure. There you go. Yeah. I'm trying to give you ideas to give to him. I love it, man. But, <laughs> I know it's got to have a certain flow yeah. to it, you know, and it, in one song out of nowhere it could really, right. you know, bring everything to a screech and halt for a second there. Right. You know? Hey, man, whatever, dude. I, I'll do whatever, you know? Yeah. Nice. Well, so, but, so you, but up until now... You know, you're about to hit the road with Alice and Molly Crew. Yeah. But up until now, you've been pushing the Beast of Blanco thing. Oh, yeah, man. And how, how has that been going? It's killer. It's, it's great, great man. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that. Yeah. I worked really hard on that record. And, uh, you know, we did a European run with it. And we got, you know, was received great. The, the, the people really seemed to get it and uh, are chomping at the bit for more tours and more songs. And so that's my goal right now, man, cool. is just to keep that, keep the spirit of Bisto Blanco alive. And I'm constantly writing, and, and uh, 
uh, getting you know getting ready to do the second record as soon as I have a little downtime with uh, with Coop. And yeah. here I am in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm just uh, I can't wait to do the record. I'm going to do the record here. I've got amazing people cool. I can work with, and uh, it's going to be killer. I'm well, really I got to give Tommy props on the uh, production. Part, yeah, right? yeah, it's, 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 it great. sounds really full. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, so are you now? You're back in mentally in Alice mode, ready for the next few months yeah man yeah. Are, you, are you guys excited to do the tour with Motley Crue yeah I think it's going to be the, the tour of the summer yeah. it'd be fun to be part of that thing you know I just uh, I just had uh, dinner the other night with Mick and, uh, and he's excited everybody just wants to get on the road and rock man it's going to be fun that's cool yeah Happy, uh, happy you're doing it, and yeah. I'm glad you could take some time to talk with us. Oh, uh, dude, thank you, thank you. I know you got a million things going on, getting ready to hit, hit the road. So. Literally, getting ready to hit the road, right? Well, I gotta Tomorrow. go today, man. I gotta, you know, I gotta go to Walmart, maybe Home Depot, and uh, Target. I'm just not sure if I've got enough time. Right. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for taking time. Yeah, man. All right, bro. Appreciate it. You know you're a busy guy, man. All right. Good luck on the tour. Thanks for sitting down with us today, man. Chuck, it's always great to see you. Cool. Um, you know, when you get back, we'll have to hang out, have a couple beers again. You know, we've got... It's great, to, it's great to have all you guys in Nashville. It it's very cool. I'm good you, at you having a like, couple of beers, man, so anytime I'm You feel like this is turning into Sunset sunset uh, East out here a little bit? <laughs> People have said that. Yeah. Man, I don't know about that. I think... When I was uh, in L.A. and it was, you know, era of sunset with Gazzari's and, you know, and whiskey and all this stuff. I mean, that was like, there's nothing else like that, right. man. Nothing else like that. I think that what you what you have here is you have a really good uh, place where there are some amazing musicians at. I think that, and, and, and this is the, a, a really good place to be right now. I, I would say... Is it sunset? I don't know. Maybe there's some elements of it every once in a while, but I'm kind of glad it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just glad that it, 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 it's, it's more in Nashville and that I can go out and see some quality music that I enjoy. You know, I, I don't necessarily want it to always be rock or, you know, glam rock or any of that thing necessarily, but... If I want to, I, I know I can find it here. Yeah. You know, so I just think, it, I, I mean, I'm glad that Nashville exists the way it exists right now, man. I think it's, it is starting to grow and change, and uh, you'll start to see even more original stuff coming out of here. You know? Well, I know your, uh, your your family that plays on Tuesday nights is looking forward to you getting back into town to <laughs> start picking that up again. Yeah, man. They'll be play they got a guy that's going to cover me just fine, man. You know, th those guys are great dudes, and they're going to have fun over there. And, uh, and uh, you know, I'll get up and jam when uh, when I get home and have a little chance to cool. do that. Well, thanks so much for cool, bro. No problem. Thank you, guys. Wow. So, uh, you know, I want to thank thank Chuck for doing that. As you guys could tell, we had coffee machines going off. We did this in a coffee shop in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. So that's why you hear a little bit of background noise, but it uh, adds some ambiance. So. Uh, Hannah, you're a, you're gonna be a big Alice Cooper fan after hearing that interview, right? I'm guessing. But um, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed that, and uh, we're gonna keep following Chuck, and we definitely plan to have him on in the future to talk about his days with Dio and some of the other cool stuff he's done. Um, as I said before, go to decibelgeek.com, check out all the cool articles on there from our great writers, uh, Rich the Meister Dylan. Right now, it's over in Sweden, uh, getting ready for the Sweden Rock Festival. By the time you hear this, that may have already happened, but uh, he's going to actually see Chuck play with Alice Cooper over in Sweden, representing Decibel Geek. 
So that guy gets more mileage on this show than we do when we host the show. But, uh, yeah, as I said before, go to livefastdialoud.com to buy that Bisto Blanco CD. Follow Chuck at Bisto Blanco on Twitter. Of course, go to alicecooper.com for all the things with Alice. And uh, you guys know us. We love Alice Cooper. We're going to keep doing stuff on him in the future. But thanks again to Chuck uh, Garrick for doing that. And uh, thank you guys for listening. And Aaron and I will both be back next week. We'll see you then. We'll see you then.